What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom, and if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review, as it helps us out a lot. And also, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out the other podcast. Uh, I think you got the Out of Bounds podcast comes out on Monday, The Pursuit on Tuesday, Big Stick Energy on Wednesday, and then myself today is Thursday. Um, I could be wrong. I could have some of those podcasts flipped around. But uh, anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. And if this is your first time tuning into the uh, Coffee and Van Chats podcast because of those other podcasts, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, welcome. Welcome to the most pretentious podcast on this network because I'm a road cyclist and everybody else is a bunch of cool skiers and mountain bikers and whatever else. Um, but anyways, just kidding. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. And that is with Simon Jones. Simon Jones is 22 years old. Um, in this podcast, he sounds like he's 35 because he's got just such a, you know, solid head on his shoulders. Uh, but yeah, he sits down and he opens up. He's super vulnerable about what's going on in his life. And, uh, his injury and uh, yeah long story short I'm not gonna butcher it but he's got this artery in his leg that's not firing all the way the blood's not getting to his legs so his legs are numb when he's training and uh, yeah it's no fun so he went and got diagnosed and come to find out he probably needs surgery in August so no fun uh, but yeah he gets super vulnerable with us and pretty much talks about how this possibly can end his career and uh, what he's gonna do about it and how he's gonna see it forward so anyways I'm gonna quit talking and quit butchering, you know, medical terms and all that other stuff. And uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and dive into this week's episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. And back for another episode of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Sierra Nevada, Nevada Brewing Company. And uh, yeah, make sure you pick up their Little Things Party Pack. One of my favorite beers is their Hazy Little Thing. But you can never go wrong with the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I mean, it's probably the staple of Sierra Nevada. So be sure to check them out. All you need to do is go to SierraNevadaBrewingCompany.com. And I'll put a link in the description below so you can go check that out. Order yourself a party pack so the next time you grill out and all that cool stuff, you can have some ice-cold pale ales on tap for the boys and for the girls and so yeah guys be sure to check them out also back for another episode is the feed the feed.com guys if you're looking for one gel if you're looking for that new bar and you just don't want to buy a whole new box of bars all you need to do is go to the feed.com and you literally can order a single bar a single gel all at a time get it in a box in a subscription to you each month if you want you can set that up uh, another thing is, is they have the athletes formula box where they will send you multivitamins specifically for you and your goals. So be sure to check them out at the feed.com. I'll put a link in the description below to get you 50% off your first order, uh, of the feed and the athletes formula. So be sure to check them out. That's the feed.com, the feed.com slash coffee chats. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll put a link in the description below, but other than that, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. What's going on guys. Welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats on the out of collective network. My name's John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review as it helps us out quite a bit. Uh, but anyways, we're sitting here today with Simon Jones of, uh, Hoggins Berman action. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of been MIA and we're going to kind of dive into what's going on with Simon and, uh, yeah, just see how he's doing, pick up from there. But, uh, anyways, Simon, how you doing, man? Um, pretty good today. I got out for a little bike ride today, which is 
uh, not been something that I've been doing super often recently, which has been super weird for me. Um, but yeah, I'm only about 45 minutes away from where you are also. So yeah, no, it's wild, man. Yeah. Lance came in, uh, Lance came in yesterday and was telling us, uh, that you guys were grilling out some steaks and we missed out. And we, we heard the story of a old mate who, uh, decked himself on the on the yeah. road what happened there let's go ahead and dive into this so lance lance is a guy on our team lance abshire and uh, i get a phone call that's like hey man uh, i'm gonna be you know coming in a little late i'm staying at simon jones house um we're gonna go out for a road ride and then he gets here and he's like yeah some kid you know on a volo was out riding and then something about a trailer tractor trailer and then the next <laughs> thing you know it's like he decked himself pretty good so what happened there yeah, um, we so like I like I said, I haven't really been riding that much just because I've been here alone. So um, it's been nice to have like these guys the last couple of days because it's been it's made me want to ride a little bit again. So we went out and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna suffer through, and we're gonna do a big ride. Like we planned out 80 miles with 7,000 feet of climbing, and um, so we get 25 miles into the ride and. <laughs> We like stop for water and then we go like exit the gas station and there was like this big tractor trailer that had passed us yeah coming out of a stoplight and so i'd like jump to go like get behind the tractor trailer yeah and he stood up and i guess his chain skipped or something and he just yard sailed (laughs) and i'm laughing now because he's fine but it was like it was like i looked behind me i couldn't believe it either which is funny too because the last two times I've ridden with this kid, like something, his name's Luca, by the way, but um, the last couple of times I've ridden with him, we've had just like something crazy happen on the rides. So yeah. I was like, maybe we should just stop, stop riding together. Right. right <laughs> yeah. Quit riding together some, altogether. There's some like some energy, like collision happening when we go for bike rides together. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what does this kid need to change his chain and his cassette or something? Like, no, like we looked at it and it seems like my dad's pretty, I'm, I mean, I'm not an idiot with bikes either. And my dad had a look at it and he's like, everything looks fine. Like it was just like a weird kind of a freak thing, I guess. I don't, I don't know if it was like he hit something or what happened, but yeah, it was, that was like the excitement of our ride yesterday. And then my dad came and picked him up and like took him to, uh, took him to like urgent care, make sure he was all good. Cause he had cracked his helmet. Um, and so totally fu- he's totally fine by the way um yeah but then lance and i kept riding and and like with everything that's going on with my leg and lance is uh lance likes to put you in the locker when you go yeah, if yeah. you go for a hard ride with him he's, he rides nice and hard all day and i am i'm in the worst shape i've been in probably since i was like 14 years old right now um, and so between like tapering form and uh and my situation going on with my leg, it was like I was suffering like a dog. I'm just sitting on Lance's wheel, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah. Lance Lance likes it. to look for the weak spots. I think. Oh I yeah, think Lance. <laughs> but we rode together today, and I was more like I had like a few efforts I had to do. So I would do the efforts. He'd sit on my wheel, and then we'd ride together. And I'd do the efforts. He'd sit on my wheel, and we ride together, or whatever. And uh, kind of like after the ride, I was like, kind of just wanted to coast in. But like, if he was gonna half wheel me, I was gonna let him half wheel me. Like, I just, I just was like, I don't care at this point. I just want to get home. Um, 
No, that's funny, man, because it's the first time I've ever ridden with Lance. Um, but anyways, man, so let's dive into this leg thing, dude. So what what the fuck's going on? You know, we uh, you know we we saw some post, and I think I've you know it's funny, man, because I uh, I kind of didn't know what you were talking about, like when I saw the post. So you did a post about you know it's like a classic retirement post. Like everybody does these posts, like when you're injured or when you retire or when you you know, you have some life event and, um, I'm an asshole. So I just don't, I don't pay attention. Uh, and I'll be that guy who writes a retirement post later in my life. The only thing I knew is that you were injured. You were sick of some sort, whether it was long COVID or some sort, something you were fucked is, <laughs> is what yeah. I got out of it. And I was like, damn, that yeah. sucks. You know, being young and whatever else. And the stuff with action looked kind of cool this year, but, um, but supposedly Lance was telling me that I had somebody on the podcast that had your same condition and I didn't even know it, but get this shit. His name's Simon as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what, so what's going on with the leg and what's going on with you, man? Um, so, uh, I mean, I'll just kind of start off by like explaining how I, how I figured out what was going on. Um, so I, and, and the reason I'm going to explain it like this is because I think that what's going on with me, um, I have external iliac endofibrosis. What I think is going on with me um, is something that is not talked about enough in the cycling community. I think it's something that's probably extremely underdiagnosed and that probably ends the careers of a lot of young or old guys um, that just think their form is and their, their talent is tapering. Um, and, and that's why it's, this whole thing has been really difficult for me. Um, and you look back at things that have happened in the last year and a half and things start to make sense once you figure out what's really going on. And I think that anybody who's had this or has read about it will, will know exactly what I'm talking about. But the reason, and that's why I reached out to you to come on here, because I just, I think it's something that should be talked about a lot more. Um, because for me, it was like, it was like a, a revelation and, and figuring out I had it was, uh, okay, it was tough and it sucked and it was shitty, but it was a relief more than anything because it had like, it verified the feelings that I was having. Um, and so Basically, um, it started in like train. I came back from taking four to five weeks off as I do every year. Um, not entirely off the bike, but taking it really easy and completely off for some of it. Um, and I started to train back, uh, at the beginning of November. So that was kind of, I, I started at the beginning of my base season. Yeah. Um, and you know, you don't do very much like tempo or threshold type stuff, anything hard at the beginning of the, the season. It was a lot of just like slow riding. Um, and then it got closer to Thanksgiving and I started to do some tempo stuff. And I started to have this like feeling in my leg that was like, like stop sign, like, or your legs too tight, or I just couldn't put my finger on it, but I could feel that something was not quite right with me um especially like okay I, okay i'm out of shape and i probably could have been stretching more so i i did i did write it off at first um and then as the your base season progresses you start to do more and more intensity 
um, and more tempo and more threshold. And then it builds and builds and builds. Right. And so the more stuff that I started to do that was above my zone two, zone three, um, the more it was hard for me to ignore this feeling in my leg. And once it got into February, the beginning of February or late January, early February, um, I started to do some harder stuff to get ready for team camp because I knew team camp was going to be hard and I was going to be racing at the beginning of March. Um, so I started to kind of like put the cap on my training and do some harder, some harder stuff. And it progressed to like every workout that I would do, my leg got worse and worse to the point where it was like, I can't even do 15 minutes at tempo, um, like high tempo, just like, you know, that sub threshold without my leg, like going completely, completely numb and me having to stop was paddling. It, was it just one leg? It was, yeah, it was my right leg. Um, and so I started to like, I started to web MD myself into oblivion, you know, like, so you it, found like, out what could you, this... so then you found out that you had like butthole cancer or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and dude, but that was the thing. I was like, there's something, something is wrong and I don't know what it is. And a part of me was like, I'm going crazy. Like I, I, yeah. I'm like, trying to write off the fact that I'm not getting any faster on something else. Um, and I'm sure other people were thinking that too, because I was telling people, I was like, I know that there's something wrong. And I, yeah. I hate, I, I hate doing that also. Like I, I never wanted, you know, there's like this thing where you never want to be the guy that's constantly injured or has like problems all the time because people, it, it, it you know, and it's as like, maybe it's a bad thing too, but it's like people just start to, to, they don't believe you, you know? Well, and, I mean, dude, Chloe Digert's injured all the time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it's just like, you can't, I think uh, like you can be injured and sick all the time. You just have bad luck, dude. I mean, and yeah, people are like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they write it off. But I think, uh, I do think you're right in the sense of like, you know, people's health, especially in the cycling space, man. One thing that I've learned over these last few years is that, you know, you can play this game in the cycling space of just like trying to be the hard man and the fucking David Goggins douchebag that tries to like suffer through it. Um, and not that David Goggins is a douchebag. I'm just saying that you have this like mentality of like, yeah, of like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I, I have COVID and I'm just gonna train and I'm gonna do yeah. my tempo efforts. And then you get mitocarditis and you're like, why do I have mitocarditis? I'm just gonna train through this too. And then you have a heart attack and you die. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get what I'm saying. And so, no, totally. I wanna make sure I get that clear out there is that I, I do think that's under respected is like people's health, physical health. Yeah. And, and, and with that, like mental health as well, like that, that was one of the things like, I, we will come back around to this also, but I, I hadn't been feeling myself. So yeah. when for the last two years, like I just haven't been able to stick it, you know? And yeah. then part of me, I, that was part of it was like, okay, I'm coming back from COVID. I haven't raced in 14 months or whatever. Yeah. Um, but part of it, I think was also like what was going on and the progression of what led up to what happened in February. Um, and so, yeah, I like didn't know what was going on. Um, and I like, you know, I'm it's like in a nervous system thing. And I was my girlfriend's dad is a doctor. And I was like, what do you think? What, what could this be? And I fell upon this article about um, external iliac 
endofibrosis is like the longest name ever. Um, and, uh, I was like, holy shit, this, like, I was reading the symptoms and I was like, this is, this is it, you know? Yeah. And I sent it to him and I was like, I think I have this. And he was like, well, let's not get ahead of yourself. You know, cause I'm like trying to self-diagnose. Um, and at the same time I flew out to go to team camp because I can still, with what I have, you can still ride at a lower intensity. It's when you go up above where your leg is requiring a lot of blood to flush the lactic acid out yeah. and you're getting a limited amount of blood flow. So I went to camp and was like, okay, I think there's some suspicion that I have this. Um, so I have like, didn't do, a, I did as much of the, the intervals and stuff that I could, I did all the volume that everyone did at camp, but I, I kind of avoided some of the harder, really, really hard stuff. Like the rate, like the racing we did at camp. Um, and so, I mean, we did two back-to-back basically 30 hour weeks. It was like an awesome camp. I had a great time. Um, but it was hanging over my head because I had the appointment scheduled to have the, to get diagnosed or not diagnosed with it from when I came back from team camp. So I got back and I went into the doctor. And does like, do the higher ups kind of know that this is lingering or are you just kind of like trying to push it under the rug and worry about on the team? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like before you go to team camp, are you like, Hey bros, like I might have this issue. Yeah. I told every, like I told, I I was very like transparent because I didn't want to like, in a way I was like making an excuse for myself, which also made me feel like shit. And, and that whole thing of like trying to push through it, that's exactly, it's exactly what I was trying to do. Um, but I didn't want to like go there and, go do a 20 minute power test and have it be garbage. Cause I knew I'd tried to do one two weeks before camp and I got eight minutes into it. And my leg was like, my foot was completely numb. Like it was, there was like, something was wrong, you know? Um, yeah. And so I told that, I told them before camp, I told them when I got to camp, I is talked it your to everybody. Feet or is it your legs? Like, how does it work? So, so basically it's, it has progressed to the point now where like, so it's, there's, you have your external iliac artery, which is in, it's like the one that's right in your hip. So basically what happened was from years of riding and whatnot, we were like hip angle pinched it. Um, and that constant rubbing of the, of pedaling, um, builds up a bunch of scar tissue and that artery. And that's the main artery that supplies blood to your leg. Um, and it splits right above that point and one goes to the right, one goes to the left. And so you have one in each, you have one in each leg. Yeah. Um, and so I think what I was, I read was it's more common in the right leg because for whatever reason, the downward uh, side. yeah, I think, yeah. And so basically I, it like goes from a cocktail or a regular straw down to a cocktail straw. And it happens when you go hard because it gets inflamed and then this scar tissue swells and it closes off the blood flow to your leg. So that's why the, the thing that I, I describe it feeling like most is like when you are on a four hour ride and you're in hour three and you stop for to at the gas station and you get back on your bike and you have those like stop sign legs. Yeah. That's like what it feels like, but it's like continuous and it doesn't go away unless you stop pedaling. And so it's like a numbing, burning feeling 
um it's a really unlike like that's the closest way i can describe it yeah but it's like in the entire leg like from yeah so it's it starts for me it starts like in my um in my vmo so like that the tip of my quad muscle Uh uh-huh um and then it goes it band then my hamstring then my calf and then my shin and then eventually my foot goes um and once my foot goes it's like i can barely like my power balance is like that whole time is like going from 50 50 to 40 60 to 30 70 like it just continues because i'm not getting any blood so my nervous system is like dude stop using this leg like you yeah um and so it's a really interesting feeling and that's why i think like why it's it can and it's progressive so like a year ago maybe you know if i have 30 percent reduced blood flow now maybe a year ago was 15 and then uh two years ago was five like i, I don't really know and that's what i was saying before is like i can and talking to my coach about it too is like this makes so much sense if you've been training so hard and you just haven't been getting any better and all those intent, like the high end numbers have just continued to go down for me over the last two years. And so I look back and I can point to like certain times where if I would have known what was going on a year ago, I could be back, have it, I could have had it fixed in its early stages when it wasn't affecting me as much as it is now. And I could be back racing. And that's why I think it's something that like, a lot of guys, if you start to feel it like something is off, it's something that you should just, it's like an ultrasound. It's, you go do a stress test and they could tell you if you have it in, in a 45 minute doctor's appointment. Um, and so it's just, it's one of those things that I think like maybe some people don't push through to the point that I have where like they just think that they're bad and then they get like, they never get to the point where I have been trying to push through it and train through it and be, be a hard ass like we were talking about and, and feel bad about myself and feel like I don't belong on the team that I was on and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Because I, I, I did my best to push through the last two years, not having the results, not being as good as I thought I should have been, as other people thought I should have been. And now knowing what I know, like the doctor was like, dude, this has probably been going on for a lot longer than you know, to the level of what it was affecting me. I don't really know. And I don't want to make excuses for myself either, but it does make me really interested in once I get the surgery to have it fixed in August, when I come back from that, how easy is it going to be for me to get back to where I am and further past, you know, where I am right now in terms or where I was in, in January. Um, yeah. So is that, is that what's next? Like, so you get surgery in August and why so yeah. late? Like, cause you, you announced this in like March. Yeah. And that's why I was hoping I had this like big grand plan. Like I'm going to come back to the U S and I'm going to find this doctor and I'm, I'm, I've finally gotten in with her. Um, but I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to have surgery by the end of April. It's going to be an eight week recovery. I'll be back riding by mid July and I'll be back for the races in September at least, you know, like, and that, that was like my big plan. And then I realized like the way that this works is I see a vascular specialist. And when I came back to the U S planning to see her the net that next week, she's on vacation for three weeks. 
And then she has a client list and, and, and she has a client list and people built up and I'm fortunate that I'm getting to go see one of the best. I mean, it's a serious surgery. Like they, I'm getting a stent put into my artery. Um, And so, I mean, not that I don't think it's going to happen to me, but people die from the surgery. They get a blood clot, they get a bad infection. And so I wanted to make sure that I was going to see the best doctor. And, um, and so because of that, I've had to wait a lot longer than I had anticipated. And also this is the first time in my life that I've had like a serious health issue. So I didn't know what to expect. I thought I was going to be like at the top of the priority list and, and, um, it just, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, Uh, no, that's insane. So I finally just this, like, actually Lance and I were sitting in the pool, um, and on Monday after we rode and he had to, he sat there and listened to me on the phone with the doctor and she laid out the entire schedule for me. So my life has been like in, I've been waiting and, and sitting and just basically waiting to hear from this doctor, which for me has been really hard too. And it's been hard to ride because I love riding hard. That's like, I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm just like all of us and I can't, I go out and I try to ride hard and it, my leg, like it happens like clockwork. I go, if I go hard for four minutes, four to five minutes, it like happens immediately. And the more and more I've gotten out of shape, um, quicker it happens. The, Cause you don't the sooner it happens. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, your thresholds lower probably just cause yeah. of your shape and fuck. No, that's insane. So like, what does that mean for you, man? Like what's next? So you get this surgery and like, what does that mean? You know, like, are you yeah. gonna ride for action next year? Is it kind of like up in the air? Or is it like, you know, you got to restart? Um, or? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm definitely. Um, I don't. I was just talking to my dad about this. So I've aged out of action, and so I'm gonna be. And and I I want to say that this surgery is gonna go perfect when I get it at the beginning of August. And it's going to be the exact planned eight week recovery, like how it usually is from a surgery like that. It's a couple of weeks on bed rest. And then you can start walking after three weeks. And then you start riding after six weeks, really slowly for 20 minutes on the trainer. And then eight weeks, I can go for my first hour. ride. like, I would love for that to be the way that this works, but I can't, I don't want to, I can plan for that, but I also have to plan for that's not how it's going to work. And that's what I've realized with, what's happened the last couple of months to me and how long this has taken is like, this is a big moment in my life of like, I've come to this point where it's like, it'll be really hard for me to stop racing because I think that I'll have like some regret about what if I would have kept training after I got the surgery? Um, Like, could I have, could I have made it, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. And then, and at the same time, it's like, do I want to go and race for after having no results the last two years and then going because of COVID and then because of what's been happening with my leg, probably the last year or more, do I want to go to a small team in Spain next year and like rough it and try to get some results and and come back from this um or do i want to like move on and like turn the page and not that i'll ever step away from cycling i don't think that that's like i love it too much yeah but it's definitely i'm at this point where it's 
And I, I'm having a hard time answering that because I don't really know. I, I've been, and that's been the no, hardest can, part about the last I couple of months. You know, I can hear it in your voice. Like you almost don't want to like, you almost don't want to say it on the podcast because then it makes it too real. And and, and it's crazy, man. Because like we're all in those places, you know. Like I I think, you know, I think it needs to be said, man. I think like you know some people look at people, you know, like you guys on action and me with you know a uh racing you know with the track with team usa for a bit um and then you know running running a professional track team like they look at all these things and they go man that's what i want and sometimes it's not always is what it's cracked up to be you know and i mean like for example you look at team usa's announcement today they you know or yesterday that you know they announced one guy on the endurance squad and their and their goal is supposedly to field a team pursuit. You know what I mean? And so, like, even when you're at the top of the top, it's it's sometimes it's not fucking worth it, man. And so, yeah. and, and it's really shitty. Like, and I think I know where you're coming from because it's really shitty because it's like it's out of your control. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like you had no control to stop. Like, you could have easily raced this year and been like, okay, cool. I I aged out of action. I had really fun. I had really fun times. You know whatever, whatever. And I move on. And, and it's like, you know, let's say you don't get signed to a bigger team. Cause you know, I had this conversation with Charles Aaron and I've had this conversation with like a Volo and I've had these conversations with a lot of like bigger teams that like, you only have so many spots, you know, like you just can't yeah. sign everybody. Um, and so, and so, yeah, like it's for you. It's like, well, what's the point? You know, like I can, I could go schlep it again and hope for the best, but it's like, I've been there, done that experience that, but I can also like, I don't get a sweet ass job working in the industry or like, you know, yeah, uh, work for one of these teams or, you know, do media, like do podcasting, you know, you do all yeah, these different and, things. And that's what I said too. Like I, I, I'm like trying to have an open mind to like having lots of, like, I guess being okay with the idea that, what's going to happen after I get surgery and the months that follow, like I'll be able to do, like, I'll be able to do whatever and it's okay to not have a plan, but it's so funny, man. And I was having this discussion um, with someone the other day, like endurance, like professional athletes and people who are driven that, that similar way. Like we, I have, it's so hard for me not to have a plan. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I live off of like having a four week plan on trading peaks or like, like knowing what my winner is going to look like, or just, you know, things like that. It's I've lived like that since I, since I can remember with racing, like it's been the thing that I always know that I'm going to do. And now to not necessarily know that that's a certainty because I mean, who knows, like I could get the surgery and they could slice a millimeter in the wrong direction and I could lose my, I could be, have be paralyzed in my right leg, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's like crazy shit can happen. And, um, I I've, that's the thing I've decided, I've made the decision to get this surgery because otherwise my leg will feel like this when I ride for the rest of my life and being able to go out and push myself whether I'm racing or not is so important to me that the risks that come with a serious surgery like this, it's not even a question. 
of whether well, like, I'm going to get it or not. And then, I mean, that's the, that's the elite athlete in us, you know, it's like, if we can't push, it's like the leg doesn't work anyway. So if it fucks up and the leg doesn't work anymore after the surgery, it didn't work before either. So yeah, yeah. fuck it, you know? Yeah. Um, no, nah, man, I think, I think that's sick, dude. I think, I think, you know, I think it's a mature outlook and how old are you to confirm? 22. 22 and it's nuts man it's like you you age out of action at 23 and i had this conversation i think with charles aaron just like you know a lot of these guys have nowhere to go like after hot tubes lux action and it's like if you make that path right like if you because you kind of had that path you had the lux path or the not the lux but hot tubes you know to you you had like a little bit of a bobble year where you rode with us losers and then um most fun of the year i've had out of juniors yet (laughs) well yeah it was a fucking sick year but uh and then you go to action and then um yeah like it's it's like if you don't make that like leap you know like if you don't make that transfer um it's really hard to go it's kind of puts you in the position that you're in right now but like at the age of 19 you're just like dude i ride for a club team we didn't get clothing until july like you know bikes bikes you know haven't shown up and like yeah it's it's a big mess and so like that's one thing in our cycling world and in our cycling space that i feel like is missing and i i think mike creed's doing a bit of a difference in that uh with some of the younger guys like i think he's more of a u25 team which is cool um but yeah and I, I again it just it makes you wonder but then you know and then you think of teams like project echelon and um best buddies and things like that and it's like for a guy like you it's like well that's not taking you to the next level like yeah and 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 I've, but i've thought about this also like if i'm not going to be able to race if i'm not going to be certain that i can race at at a high level next year. I I would love to like have at least something in place where if I do decide to go work and um and I my leg gets better and I can start training again this winter. It's like August, you count out 2 to 3 months and then I can I can start training again like November. Um I can have a normal base season like always. Um, even with working and maybe come back and have it be a no pressure thing where whether I'm on like a little, a smaller team where I just race crits or, or I go to races on my own with a bike and a car, like I did when I was 16 years old, driving around with my dad. Um, I'm not, that idea kind of excites me. And I think it's because the last couple of years I've just, I've just put so much pressure on myself because I I felt like I had something to prove Um, and just continually being like, I'm not being as good as I want to be has like dragged on me. And it's made me question that itself has made me question the sport. So I'm wondering, like, I'm like one of those like backup plans. I'm thinking is like, maybe I do, I come back and I start rotting and I've got a cool little gig as a job and, and but I still train and, and not as much as I probably have been the last few years, but just to get back into shape and then go to Snake Alley, go to the USA crit stuff or what's now the USA crit stuff and do like do all those races that made me fall in love with bike racing when I was 14 years old again 
and try to like rekindle it. And then who knows, maybe like through that, I come back and I go to nationals in June and I'm flying, you know, and I yeah. get some results and I step back in. I, that's the thing is I'm like, I, that there's some dread with having, not knowing what's going to happen after the surgery, but there's also some like, okay, I, I can do whatever I want right now, which I felt not that I felt trapped or I didn't want to be racing full time, but I felt like it's what I had to be doing the last few years. And, and I would, I would love if this thing with my leg wouldn't have happened still, I wouldn't wish for it. But at the same time, it's like, it has opened a whole new perspective for me and it's matured me a lot. And um, I think that whatever is going to happen is like, I'm, the more time goes on with this, the more I'm okay with like having an unknown in, in a sense, you know, and it still bothers yeah. me and I still wake up and I still have, I've had dreams like about winning bike races because I haven't been racing, you know, and that there's definitely yeah. a void there right now. But, um, no, dude, yeah. I think I dude. There's so many guys, there's so many guys that have quit the sport and come back into the sport. Like, and by quit the sport, they've gone down a tier and they've like raced and just had fun with it. And then the next thing you know, they're signing to some fucking team at the highest yeah. of levels. And I mean, like, and, uh, that, like you look at like Steven Bassett is a great example. Yeah. You know? It's like, and so it can be done. And I mean, especially at your age, dude, I just, I like, there's so much shit that can happen, man. Like I didn't even start cycling until I was like 19, you know, until I was like, yeah. you know, 20. And then, you know, Adrian Hedgeberry is a great example too, man. He did like all these like six days and stuff like that. And then like, you know, was getting, you know, told that he couldn't ride for team USA and whatever else. And then he pretty much took a year off and just didn't ride. Next thing you know, like he's 34 and at the Olympic games in, in 2020. Yeah. And so like, I think, I think, yeah, man, like just keep your head on straight, keep motivated, stay motivated. And like, that's all you can do, you know? Yep. Yeah. And it's been, it's been cool too. Like, I definitely think it's, I've gotten to do some stuff the last couple of months that I, I never get to do in April and May because I just, usually I'm full gas in racing and training. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I see that the same thing. I, I, in a lot of ways, it was similar to what happened to me when I was coming off hot tubes and like, I, you know, I was like hoping to go to a Volo that didn't work out. And then I was like drowning to get a team. And I was like, maybe I'm just going to go to college or something, you know, which happens to a lot of kids. And you're right. There's like this pressure. And I think we even talked about it the last time I was on here, but like that, if I don't get on a team, my world is over with, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you just got to make one, bro. Trust me. Yeah. And, and, and that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was the thing with Roadhouse. Cause like it, that was, you know, it, it's not where I wanted to be, but it ended up being like the perfect, I fell back in love with riding because of you and Holloway and Kyle and all those guys. It was like, man, these guys are like, they just, they just love it. And they're not yeah. like, they, they don't there's they have no remorse about being on this team it's like everyone is here to just race hard and have fun. no we all and we I all that we all wanted to be there man and like that's the thing and i mean i think like that's the the culture that roadhouse and curtis tolson and, and kevin they all they all provide it's just like it's a home and i mean look at kyle perry and I mean, fuck, Kyle Perry's been on that team for, like, 10 years, it seems like. And it's funny, man. Like, 
you know, when when I didn't get or when I didn't resign and didn't get resigned with with Roadhouse, it was a money issue. And then, you know, I got a phone call last year, and it was <laughs> it was really hard for me not to be like, all right, I'm in, you know, because yeah. it's just like, I mean, it's just like it's a fucking cool group of dudes uh, with Marco and uh, you know. And now they have uh, BB and uh, what's it, Eli House and, and Cade Bickmore. Like I would love to ride with those guys, and, and it's like it's so it's a cool it's a cool little vibe. Um, but anyways, man, like I wish you the best, and like I'm 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 really stoked for you, and like I know, I know you're gonna pull out of this, and and yeah, dude, like shit happens, man. Like and trust me, and you know this, it's like you always want more. And I'm saying this to like the entire listening group of this podcast. It's like you win a national title and there's always going to be somebody that says, Oh, well look at the field. No one was there or it was after COVID or, you know, it's just like these, it's this list of like haters, man. But at the end of the day, man, the people that, um, the people that you really need around you in this sport and in, um, and in, in the area are the people that want to see you succeed. There's so, and that, that's the toxicity of cycling as a whole. There's so many people that don't want to see you succeed. Yeah. For and sure. when they, and when they see you succeed, they know that's an opportunity taken away from them instead of being like that just created more opportunities for more people. Like that's yeah. what, that's what I don't understand. It's like you winning a bike race for action, like yeah, it just took away a win from somebody else on that team, but it just opened up an opportunity for 10 more spaces on that team in two years time. You see what I'm saying? You see how I'm playing? Yeah, that yeah. Yeah. And so like when you open up those opportunities and those things, it, it changes the whole world. But anyways, I can go on that little tangent for ages, but, uh, before we let you go, dude, um, you know, the usual question, bro, if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, who would that individual be dead or alive? And how would you take your coffee, bro? Um, I think the last time I was on here, I, I said Jimi Hendrix. Um, yeah, that would have been sick, dude. Like, would you, I know. Like lights his guitar on fire mid, mid conversation. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about this earlier and I, I didn't, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just figure it out when I'm there. Um, but I think I, I've been in, I've met him. I've been in close proximity. I haven't been able to talk to him. I would love to sit down and have a coffee with Eddie Merckx, I think, especially uh, now that my time on action is coming to an end. Um, I think that that would be a great thing. And maybe that'll happen after this gets posted. I, maybe this will be the, maybe this will be the catalyst for it. Dude, maybe um, man. I like an odd amount of people listen to this podcast. Like I had, uh, um, Christian Vandeveld reach out to me once. And it was like, yo, dude, like me and, you know, and George Hincapie, like they listen to the podcast. And so it's really cool. Like who listens to this podcast? I doubt Eddie Merckx does, but I don't know. Maybe we can just tag him in this and see what happens. You know, social media is a weird, weird fucking space, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I've been on the iced coffee grind, just straight iced coffee, no nitro, no iced Americano. I've been taking just iced coffee. And my, I've been on the, on a kick recently. So we got, we got Simon, Simon with the basic bitch coffee. I love it. Yeah, for real. Hell yeah. So you just like you know, going shopping after. And, uh, Absolutely. Sipping, sipping. I've got to keep myself without riding. I got to keep myself busy somehow. Man. Hell yeah. No, that's sick, man. Well, 
thanks so much for jumping on thanks for being vulnerable man and 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 yeah like i said i appreciate it and guys if if and girls if if you're dealing with stuff in the space make sure you have somebody you can talk to it doesn't have to be on public online space where you're on a podcast with a couple thousand listeners but um maybe you know find find a place and somebody to talk to somebody you can invite in and 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 know that like even us, even some of these people that are, have been su- super successful in their sport or super successful in their careers, like they deal with shit too. Um, and sometimes it's always not as pretty at the top. And sometimes it's, we, you know, we're even still chasing to get to the top and it's not a pretty journey. Um, but anyways, thanks so much for listening guys. Again, if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, go check out Simon's social medias and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.